Well, I'm so excited that you're here to join me for Voice of Breakthrough, this podcast. Podcast. So we are going to hit some powerful topics. Every single week, we will be having a new podcast with a new topic. So get ready. I'm telling you, this is great to exercise to. This is powerful to uh, listen to when you're cleaning your house or cooking that dinner or cutting the grass, which you could turn up loud on your, you know, your, your little iPhone or whatever you have there. Anyway, you're going to love this powerful, life-changing, every single week podcast of Voice of Breakthrough. Can anybody think of a time when you really yielded to God and what happened you know wasn't you? Is there any time you've been drumming, Rennie, and all of a sudden it wasn't really you drumming? Like you knew it was your hands, but you knew you weren't, this was coming from some power beyond you. Right? Phew. When I prophesy, I'm not prophesying. When I start seeing everything about you and your people's past and this and that and the other, he, he just takes over. He says, look at this. He wants to take over. The difference in us and Jesus is that he took over in Jesus all the time. Now get this. He was God. Jesus was God. Like Jesus knew God, right? He, but he was already teaching the, the teachers of the day at the age of 12. It wasn't because he learned that. It's because he knew that. Amen? Because he's God. But he put on flesh and he yielded, he yielded that flesh to the Holy Spirit, just like we have to do. In other words, his flesh, his flesh was probably a real pain for him, right? Somebody who who just walked anywhere he wanted, anytime he wanted, did whatever he wanted. You know, now all of a sudden, now all of a sudden he had, he is stuck in this flesh and he has to pray the way we have to pray. Amen. And, and he has to, he can't just beep himself up to God, the father. Amen. But I don't think we really understand sometimes the cross. He did all that for one reason. He did all that so that we could have, he didn't just come, boom, die, go to hell for us, raise from the dead. And Hey, I saved their souls. He didn't do that or their spirit man's, amen? He actually said, hey, here's the plan. Him and the Father came up with this plan, Holy Spirit, all one God. Look, I'm gonna go and I'm going to show them what it's going to look like to be sons of God. And as long as we keep doing everything with our own effort, our own programs, our own trying, our own rules, our own trying to get honor from each other, the fear of man, it doesn't look like Jesus, Amen? When it looks like Jesus, everybody else attacks them. Throw them out. So we, we've got, we get your brains out of the way. Get the lies out that says it can't be for you. If you're born again, it's already for you. And if you're not born again, you need to get born again or you're going to hell when you die, no matter how good you are. Can I get an amen? So, so, so admit it. Then quit agreeing with the enemy. If you're born again, say it. I'm born again. I'm born again. God lives inside of me. Wait a minute. God lives inside of me. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. There's nothing I can't do. 
There's nothing I can't do. There's nothing I can't do. The key is I can do all things that he strengthens me and all things he calls me to do. Because why would I want to do what he wasn't in me doing? See, so the Lord's not really dealing with me. Don't touch. all Everything about sanctification, being made holy, is to get rid of you doing things for your own glory. Amen? There's entire teaching how this is for our glory. This is not for our glory. Amen? This is for his glory. So what he wants to do in this church, what he wants to do in your life, what he wants to do in your business, what he wants to do in your family, what he wants to do in your business practice, do you get it? It's for his glory. What he wants to do with your life starting now, but starting the minute you got saved, what will glorify him? If you're babysitting your grandchild, do it for his glory. Pain and simple. God, I'm here. Empower me. I don't I have no fear of man. You know how long I'm going to be here. You know how long I'm going to be pouring into this kid's life. You know everything about it. I'm yours, God. Ho! Do what you want to do. If you're a school teacher, here, here's, why, here's why the world's so messed up. The church parked their Sunday suit, you know, in their closet when they came home on Sundays. And then went to work as if they didn't know God. The school teachers, that's why the unions could get in and tell you what you can and can't do. You know who tells me what I can and can't do? God. I remember when, when Trump got in and he said, well, now the church, now you can preach whatever. Because I, I was preaching whatever way before I even knew his name. Amen. He, he's not the one who made me have freedom to preach. Well, aren't you afraid of losing your 501? It, God gave me my 501. I don't even know how I got it. God made us a church. He told me where, the IRS told me where to go on a place on the internet and get it. Amen. So I didn't even try. Somebody came to a meeting that, one of my first meetings, and couldn't stay for the meeting, gave them a check for the exact amount of money it was going to cost to get my uh, 501. Nobody even knew I was trying to get my 501. So the swans man, it was my swans man, because he got slayed in the floor in my house. And prophesied over, my husband comes home, he goes, who's the man in the living room? Oh, that's the swan's man. Oh, okay. Amen. Okay, I'm going to tell you guys something, and I mean this, especially those who really want to sell out. Don't leave here today expecting the same boring life you've had tomorrow. And let me say, I'm not talking about the fun stuff you do. I'm talking about the God stuff you do. Amen? Satan doesn't care about the fun stuff you do. He'll probably let you keep doing it, which is fine. He really cares about the God stuff you'll do. He doesn't really even care about you being in here unless you actually join into prayer or join into the meeting or do what he wants you to do. Amen? He is terrified. I believe in our forefathers in the Constitution, so I'm okay with people keeping, especially with as crazy as it is, to keep your guns, okay? I don't ever intend to use a gun because I have a power that's greater than a gun. And I've watched it work. Amen? Like, literally, y'all know, I saw angels pick up somebody and throw them into a wall at one of our meetings who said they were there to kill me, basically.
Okay, we've had terrorists. I mean, we live the adventure. And we're nobody special. I want you to know. I don't care how old you are, how young you are. I want you to know I am giving everything over to God today. Whatever that looks like. If you want to hang on to stuff, that's your business. Amen. You're still welcomed here. But I'm just encouraging you. Does everybody know that we all get old and die unless we get raptured first? Okay. Does everybody know that? Are you sure? Everybody knows that? So what is it all about? Why are you so scared to just do what God has and live an awesome life in him? Amen? Amen? Lord, what do you want me to do? For your glory, for your glory, for your glory, for your glory. And that's that's the little stuff. Loving your kids and you're doing it not so they'll be your buddies, but because you love your kids and you're thankful that God gave them to you and you want them to know God, that's for his glory. Amen? That's more for his glory than going and getting a fancy job. Amen? Loving your spouse is for God's glory. Amen. Everything about your life is supposed to be for his glory. So I want three people to tell me what they think that means. And you're doing it for his glory. Say it louder. Being obedient to all that he asks you to do. Okay, that's for his glory. What else? When I say for his glory, what what what? What comes because these Christians have cute words, they're in the Bible, right? So, what is his glory? What is his glory? Loving one another. Now, I want to know actually, give me the definition of what is for what does glory mean? So, we give him glory when we accomplish his pur- purpose. What's actual glory? It's real simple. You want to know what his glory is? He gets the credit. He deserves the credit. Amen. He, he deserves he deserves our worship. He deserves our obedience. He deserves our laying down our lives. He deserves all the fame for anything that happens. He deserves all the credit. That's his glory. That's his glory. In other words, when I touch his glory, I take from him which only belongs to him, and I try to apply it to myself. And so I boast. So I think it's about me. So that's why all these leaders who actually give him glory and and taste of his glory, but then they begin to live like it's because of them. See, God, Jesus is really clear. He goes, if you quit worshiping him, he can make rocks worship him. When people say God needs us, well, he showed how much he He almost wiped out everything on the didn't because he doesn't need us. Okay, everybody get that. That's a lie when people say God needs you. He doesn't need you. He wants you. Hmm. He wants you. 
You don't need your children to love you. You should want your children to love you. Are y'all getting the counterfeit that's out there now with this whole everybody needs each other and, and do what that person needs? The devil's trying to get everybody's eyes on humanity and how much we need each other. We need to be kind to, we need, he's trying to get God out of the picture. You know, the only thing we need is to be completely yielded to the one who created us. And to the, to the degree that I yield to God, I hate the word surrender. It's not in the Bible. If I'm at a war and I surrender, that means I feel like I lost. We need to get rid of that word as far as talking about a relationship with God. I don't surrender. I lay down gladly, willingly, my eyes open saying, oh my gosh, there's a God who wants to take over my life and he's the one who knows how. That's when we'll have a move of the Holy Spirit. Hmm, let me say it this way. That's when you'll have a move of the Holy Spirit. That's when you personally will have a move of the Holy Spirit and we won't be crying out for revival, which I don't know if that's even in the Bible. I don't think when God sent Pentecost and started the church, he thought it was going to die down and we're going to have to keep asking for it over and over again. How many knows the Holy Spirit's already been sent? Amen. Amen. The Holy Spirit's already been sent. Now all God is looking for is who is going to lay down their lives. To God. And why do you think that's a bad thing? That's because we don't see God correctly. Amen? We don't see God correctly. If I had laid down my life to the Lord for real, Lauren wouldn't have died. Lauren didn't die, so I laid down my life for the Lord. Lauren died because I hadn't had my life laid down for the Lord. He's faithful even when we're not. Why did it turn to good? Because when it happened and I realized I missed it, guess what I did? I laid down my life for the Lord. But you can lay down your life for the Lord right now for real. But what does that mean? It means you no longer live, but Christ lives in you. It means you don't make your own decisions. He makes decisions for you. Amen. It means he orders your steps. Those who are sons and daughters of the Lord are led by the Lord. Amen. They're led by the Lord. Sons and daughters are led by the Lord. Let me tell you what the bride, the highest position of people say not a position the highest relationship any human being can ever acquire to which is amazing is to be part of the bride of christ i don't believe for one second the whole church is the bride of christ why because she has to be without spot or blemish amen she has to be without spot or blemish how many know that's going to take a process of yieldedness amen it's going to take a process of yieldedness you want to be you want to be the bride. How, how many want to obtain to a position of the closest intimacy with God that is possible for a human being who's born again? No, be serious. Who wants to get to the highest level of intimacy with 
Jesus Christ. That person, those will be the people who make up the bride. What is required of the, the people who are hungering to be the bride of Christ? And, and I'm going to be honest, quit pretending you don't know what those things are. You know what those things are. You know those things you're still in charge of. You know those things you're like, well, if it's supposed to be, it's supposed to be. That's such lies. It's, if it's supposed to happen, it'll happen. No, that's you absolutely being in denial that you haven't yielded yourself to God. So, so what does yield mean? Can anybody think of maybe it's a better word? What's a better word? Don't say surrender. Give up yourself. I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. Which, which is, okay. One of the first things that will let you know if you're really there is not because you're hurt and crunchy and old and you're so tired of life, I would just rather die. It's not that. When Paul says to die is gain, is because he knows the reality of living free from these physical bodies and in the very presence of God and in the fullness of joy and all that God has for us is real and it's awesome and there's nothing here that compares to it and let me tell you something when you yield your life or you lay down your life for the Lord you really won't care about all the fun stuff you want to do you actually will enjoy you will actually enjoy being right in the presence of God doing what he wants whatever that is Whatever that is. And the world is so messed up. Can everybody realize everybody, there's more you all could be doing. There's more that I could be doing. Yield it to him. I just can't believe God's going to sit there and say, well, I've got all these completely, completely yielded vessels. But you know what? There's nothing that needs to be done in their area or their jobs or their. Okay. How many know that's ridiculous? Okay, I know I was going to teach on this this morning. When this is about works, you're coming from a Pharisee spirit. What's a Pharisee? God, he was really upset with the Pharisees. Most churches this morning are operating with at least part of a Pharisee spirit. How do you know? They have a set program. We don't even know when the service starts around here. Worship team will probably get to play. We hope so. Amen. But what does he want? We don't know if he's going to all of a sudden have everybody line up for healing. We don't know if one of you are going to start preaching and it won't be me. Wouldn't that be awesome? Everything that's pre-planned and pre-ordered that doesn't that you have authority not to pre-plan and pre-order comes from a Pharisee spirit. Ooh, let that sink in. All right, let it, let it, I feel it. It's gently going across the arena. Everything that you have, the authority to not program, plan, schedule out. That you program, plan, and schedule out. 
is under a Pharisee spirit. And not led by the Holy Spirit. That, that, that doesn't mean that everyone who just does what they want, when they want, how they want, it's Holy Spirit. It's probably more fun than the scheduled people. But if nothing's accomplished. Let me tell you what. When you are led by the Holy Spirit, you accomplish more for God's glory. Your house stays clean. For the, I mean, it does. And you preach wherever. And you never know who's going to come and where they're going to come. And, and it doesn't matter. The phone will ring and you can spend five hours on the phone ministering to one person while you're cleaning your whole house, fixing dinner and everything else. And you look like you have more energy than anyone else. But if you're really led by his spirit, you kind of feel like you're not doing anything because actually you're kind of not. I sit, I sit around all the time and go, Lord, am I, do, am I doing enough? And then people are like, oh, Cindy, you know, you got the radio, you're writing a book, you do three meetings a week, you got this, you're doing that. And to me, I feel like I'm doing nothing. Which we're starting a youth thing next Sunday after church once a month. If you young people want to come, if you don't, I'm not doing it. I'm not doing it for myself. Amen? Okay, that's the freedom of the Holy Spirit. Jesus Christ did more. Jesus Christ did so much in three and a half years, you could not contain uh, the volumes if they tried to write everything down. Just just read the book of, just read one of the gospels, what he was doing, where he went. Look at the early church, where they went, what they were doing, how they were doing it. How many would say, okay, we got a ways to go to, to yield to Holy Spirit that much? And that's, that's what the shaking that's going on. That's where we're at in history. We're in, we are in, I believe, an end time shaking of everything that can be shaken. And, and I hate to be the bearer of good news. <laughs> this is good news. He's going to shake it, people. I want God's shaking. I don't want Satan's um, crushing me. If I don't yield to God's shaking, the enemy have access to those areas that he owns in me that I would not give to Holy Spirit to get out of me. Amen. Can I tell you, the devil can absolutely do nothing to you that he doesn't already have in you. No, that's for real. He can't do anything. Well, it's just a random thing if he's going to hurt. No, he already has set you up to destroy you. And when Holy Spirit comes in, Holy Spirit sanctifies you, which means he gets all of those evil things that you've been set up to happen to you out of your heart. The Lord's been showing me lately. The church is so far behind in, in, the, in the real sanctification, how powerful it is. How many do not want dementia or Alzheimer's when they're old? Okay, for those who didn't raise your hand, well, that'll be fun for you. Um, bring the power. When, when I talk like this in the anointing, I kind of hope you respond because the enemy might be watching. So l- let me word that again. You don't have to. God may tell you not to. That's fine. If you really know that you really, if there was a way to know that you weren't going to have dementia or Alzheimer's because of the spirit realm, how many would say, 
I want God's plan not to have Alzheimer's or dementia when I'm old. All right. Well, he really has a plan. And so recently, you know how I have had in the past a difficult time pronouncing, pronunciating things and remembering names, that kind of thing. Well, there is a generational curse in my family. My father can't read. He had, what's that called? Um, dyslexia. My father has severe dyslexia. My brother has it. And then some of the rest of us got where we can't hear certain sounds or certain things like that. Well, the Lord began to put on my heart, you know, I didn't create you like that. Because my father's, I'm praying for my father to get free from early signs of dementia. And the Lord said, and the Lord's like, I didn't create him like that. This is a generational curse. So you need to repent of ever agreeing with it that you can't hear certain sounds. You need to re, you need to repent and break the power. See, what we learn to do, everybody listen to this. What you learn to do is to compensate for areas where the enemy has left you not whole. Amen? So, so I would change words or I would... Uh, like if I'm reading the Bible, I can't pronounce it. Instead of stopping to learn to pronounce it, I'll change the words. I'll, I'll use an appropriate word, amen, but a word I can pronounce. Now, I can understand bigger words, and I know what bigger words mean, but I'm afraid to, I was afraid to say them or try to say them because I didn't hear words correctly. I didn't know that till I was in school, and, and people would say things, and they sound the same to me, but to other people, they hear a distinction in the words. And so, so the Lord's like, he goes, that, that's okay. You can live with this. Can, can we get to this? Yeah, you can live with a lot of things. You can live with diabetes. If you take care of yourself, you can live with arthritis. You can live with anything that's not terminal. You can live with, right? But if you recognize that it's spiritual and you're not supposed to live with those things, amen, you're not supposed to live with high blood pressure. Amen. You're not supposed to live even with bad eyesight. God healed my eyesight in 2020. I wore glasses since I was 10 years old, just, just for driving mainly or a movie or something. Since I was 10 year old, then in 2020, all of a sudden, if I put my glasses on, I could hardly see things were blurry. So I finally went to the eye doctor and I said, I said, I, I, I think I must not need glasses, but I, I've had them for a long time. They checked my eyes. Goes, no, your, your eyes are perfect. Now I have 2020 vision. How cool is God to give me 2020 vision in the year 2020? Yeah. And prophetically, He's saying, "I want you to see clearer." Now, this let me get. There's no condemnation in Christ. This isn't to judge each other. See, this is where the church clams up. Oh, she's judging me. Oh, I got glasses. Oh, I better get my contacts. So they will. Now, this isn't about that. Amen. This isn't about that. We've got to get free from that. This isn't about judging anybody. Amen? Mm. This is about us personally deciding, I want all that God paid for me to have. I want all that he paid for me to have. And, and I never even asked him to heal my eyesight. He just chose to do it as a prophetic sign. Right, but I ask him to heal everything else. Hmm. 
Our entire nation is under the spirit of witchcraft because we use pharmaceuticals for everything. We take things that are worse for us than what we're taking them for. We have an entire industry that promotes that kind of witchcraft with pretty music and all this kind of stuff. It's funny if you ever listen to it. So somebody says, do you think COVID is bad? I think every medication has bad side effects. And I'll be honest, I don't know if COVID, I don't know that COVID was purposely designed with worse side effects than others. I think it was probably now designed to take your money every six months as long as these people can take your money. But some people have had heart attacks. Well, people who take other medicines or vaccines, some of them get heart attacks too. Listen to the commercials. Would I take a vaccine? Yes. I have to take them to go overseas unless God translates me without taking them. I believe he can. I think he thinks I bring too much luggage. But I think he could take that too without having the weight limit. I believe he can. I think that would be great. I'd go preach in other nations every single day if he could just get me there, let me preach, give me the microphone, let me pray for everybody, and come back. I'm not sure I'm asking, what if he doesn't want to bring me back when I want to come back? <laughs> you know, it's like, Dad, Lord, I don't have my passport. I don't have... Can he bring the passport? Yes. Our God can do anything. But we need to begin to believe with the stuff that's right in front of us. That is how we increase our faith. That's how we increase our faith. That's how we increase our faith. Faith is the substance of things hoped for, not yet seen. What are you hoping for? Whoa. Oh, gosh. If you don't hope for anything, which is earnest expectation, you don't have your faith working towards anything. And I'll be honest, some of you are so uh, self-absorbed that the only thing you put your faith for is things that are personally important to you that have nothing to do with God's glory. You want your kids saved because you just want to make sure they go to heaven. Instead of wanting your kids saved because God died for them and he created them in his image and his likeness and he has a plan for their life for his glory. Jesus says when his mom came and his brothers and I don't know if his sisters were there but they're acting like he's kind of crazy and so they go, hey, get Jesus some. We need to talk to him. And, and so finally, the ones around him, his disciples, the disciples said, hey, your mom and your brothers are here. They, they, I think they thought he went over the limit, you know. And what does Jesus say? No. My brothers and my sisters are those who do the will of the Father. Whoa. Whoa. I have a gigantic family. 
And when you get to heaven, your family is going to be those who've done the will of the Father. We need to, we need to get beyond praying for the fire escape for our children and begin to pray for God's will and purposes in our children's lives. We settle for the minimum. And when we settle for the minimum, it's for us and our glory. It's not for God's glory. And I'm talking to a bunch of people who've settled, both here and those who are going to watch this. If you do what you do for your glory, it's useless. If you do what you do because you're good at it, it means nothing. If you do what you do for money, you're serving the wrong God. If you do what you do for his glory, he will bless everything you put your hand to. He will hear, he, will, he hears our prayers. He will answer your prayers. You'll get such a reverent fear to realize, I don't even know what to pray. I don't even know what to pray. I don't even know what to ask. The Lord asked me seriously all the time, what do you want me to give you? I said, you've given me everything. I want your perfect will for my life. I want you to bring who you want to come and hear the message you give me. I just want you to do what you want to do, God. Come on, you guys. Your lives would look different, a lot of you, if you, if you did that. Amen? I want to go to one of those black churches where everybody yells and shouts. When I go there, it's so much fun preaching. This is like, okay, I'm not shaming you. I'm stirring you to good works. So get healed from being shamed in your past. Amen. Get healed from condemnation. There is no condemnation in Christ Jesus. Amen. There's no condemnation in Christ Jesus. This should stir your spirit to say, yeah, okay. And it should make the things that God's shaking. You come in agreement with, let them fall. Let them go. Let them shake. Let them go. Shake it. Shake it, Lord. Get it out of my heart. Amen. Get it out of my heart. What, what, what are we still so afraid of? What are we still so afraid of that we got to be shaken so hard? Don't ask for the hurricane. How about the gentle wind of the Holy Spirit? Oh, you want to take that? Goodbye. Amen. Oh, you want to do that? Okay. Some, some, and we'll get ready to go to worship in a minute. I want you to seriously ask God, what are you still afraid of? What are you still afraid of that hinders you 
from trusting him and letting go of things he wants to take before the enemy attacks you. Amen? Amen. What am I still afraid? Come on. Okay. Is anybody in here not afraid of anything? How many would know? I, there's probably some stuff I'm still afraid of. How many would know the best way to deal with something you're afraid of is to talk to God about it? And to put it on the altar before the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, I ask you in the name of Jesus Christ to deal with this thing in my heart. I don't want it because I know it's not glorifying you. And I'll be honest, I don't want it because I don't want the devil to have access to any part of my life. And I don't know why I'm so afraid to let it go. I remember when the Lord told me um, to give up. This was years ago, years and years ago. I had three little kids, like some of you moms. I think they were, I don't even know, let's see, well, probably baby, 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 three-year-old and a five-year-old. And it could have even been before that some, but I know I had those. And I did value checks, uh, coupon books, which basically was fundraising. And it was a really fun job. And I, I made, for back then, $21,000 plus a trip, like a Caribbean cruise or something a year. And I was so good at it, I could do it in maybe three hours a week, most weeks. And then for when the coupon books came in and I had to take them to the schools and all stuff I had to do, or people came to me, I, I would have like a really busy, I'd have two really busy months each year. And even that wasn't more than 20 hours a week. And I kept my kids with me. It really was the perfect job. And I did that for quite a few years. I was really good at it. Um, I loved going to the schools and the Christian schools and the churches and, and setting up ways for them to make the money and all this. And then one day the Lord said, I want you to give that job because you you were an independent you were independent contractor with it basically i want you to give that to your sister she wants furniture for her house i'm like uh -uh. <laughs> i knew it was him but i was like i don't want i don't want to let go of this 20 some thousand which would be equivalent cool to forty thousand today about i don't want to let go of that well, that's probably kind of fun. I got my paying for my car, you know, I've got all this. I buy a new car every couple of years. I like, I go where I want and have a good time and eat out. And, you know, I, I buy my kids lots of stuff. I don't want to let go of this. So, you know what happened? I ignored what he said. You guys, that by the second cell, and I always said 99% sells, almost always. Like I got all kinds of little awards and stuff. That second sell, after I said I wouldn't listen, every book almost came back, like everything. Like I'm sitting in my house and all these fundraiser books, the little value check coupon books, if you see, they were coming back, piling up in the house and nobody was taking them. And the Lord said, I'm not giving you, I'm not blessing you or giving you grace to do that anymore. 
I thought I was doing that. Not only can God stop you, it wasn't the devil. God's like, I'll make you, you want this because you like the money. So I'll stop the money and then you'll say yes to me. That's a shaking, everybody. So I said yes. All the books went back out, had a good sell. But I knew I said yes. And, and, and it was very hard. Men won't get this, but women, some of us women will. I did not want to have an allowance. I did not want to ask my husband for money. I wanted my own money and you do what you want with your big money and you pay the big bills, but I'm going to have fun with my money. I just didn't want to be, I didn't want, I didn't want that headship thing telling me, here's how much money you can have, honey. Can I get an amen, ladies? And, uh, and the Lord didn't care about that. <laughs> he cared about me being a submissive wife. He cared about dealing with my heart issues. He cared about me being able to go into ministry. And he taught me first how to live on my husband's salary so that I could do beauty flashes for absolutely free for quite a few years to get it going. So I promise you, the love of money has nothing to do with this place being here. He's going to destroy that in the church. Most churches are set up like businesses that's based on the love of money, and they're not set up on Holy Spirit leading, and he's going to shake all of that. So we got some shaking that's got to go on, amen? He's going to shake all the manipulating. He's going to, he's going to shake all the trying to make you give so you get. I don't want you to give to get. I want you to give because you want to give to the kingdom and you want to give where it's really happening to help God's kingdom come and minister to people. Amen. And that you do that and then he blesses you so you can keep doing that is amazing. And you can tell whether they want to admit it or not when people got to go on and on and on about the offering. They're trying to get your money. They may not know it yet, but that's what they're doing. But that's, God will shake all that. Amen. Um, I told you that story because that was a small thing. I wasn't in ministry yet. I mean, I did a few things probably. And yet, God said, I want that nice little job of yours. Now, you would kind of think, okay, if you're going to do that, you're going to fill the place up and we're going to have a big ministry overnight. Uh-uh, I'm still waiting for that. 30 years later, did I give up preaching for 30 years? No. Do I still believe he's good? I believe it doesn't, he knows it doesn't matter to me. Do what you want, but I want to stand before him and know that I glorified him with my life. Amen. That I glorified him with my life. I think he's amazing. I think that you could totally miss it big time. 
And if you yield everything and give it to God, he will take that mess up and make it look so good. People will get confused and think it was his will. It wasn't his will. If you ever did drugs, it wasn't his will. If you were an alcoholic and now you're an evangelist, it wasn't his will that Lauren die young. Those things were not his will. Amen. But that you could yield yourself to him completely and he takes what was meant for evil and turns it to good. How amazing is that? If you would understand that, you would no longer be afraid of anything. The same God who blesses you, the same God who gave me a really uh, uh, blessing of a job, though the people weren't making that kind of money and that blessed. You know, my beach house, nobody else makes the kind of money I make on a beach house that size. It's It's... And I love doing it. That's the wild part. I don't mind other people in my beach house more than me. I see it as a really good thing. So I'm not tempted to sit my butt at the beach all summer long and waste my life. Amen. Because I think that would be a hard temptation for me personally to say no to if I had a beach house that my husband did not want to rent out for financial purposes. Amen. Do I nag and moan? No. Do I even ask God to pay it off? No. Unless he wants to use it more for ministry purposes. I, ha- I have an entrepreneur kind of gift. It's kind of fun using it. Amen. I make the house so nice. I get such nice comments and people love it. I'm, I'm booking. I've already booked into next July. Not fully, but I'm just starting to book it. I'm like, I had to get on there real quick and get our women's retreat because somebody was asking me. I didn't realize it wasn't booked. Because the way it's the apps are set up weird. I'm saying he, now what if he requires that? He can have it. You got to be able to let go of stuff that he gives you that fast. If he requires this church, he can have it. If he wants me out and somebody else up here and fills it up and does a whole different purpose, he can have it. I mean it. You'll never, ever give him his glory while you're trying to call the shots on your life. And let me, don't get confused. That doesn't mean, I guarantee you there's a lot of people in five-fold ministry who are not supposed to be in five-fold ministry. There's a lot of people in five-fold ministry because their mom and daddy was in five-fold ministry. There's a lot of people in five-fold ministry for the money. There's a lot of people in five-fold ministry because they can't do anything else. And they think they can manipulate and control hurt people who will come in and give them their tithe and then they live off of that. But there's never any real fruitfulness to what's going on. Can I get an Amen. And God's going to shake all that. God's going to shake all that. My husband has laid down the second income lifestyle that we thought we'd have when we were dating and got engaged. And even married. And even all the way until God called me into ministry and shocked both of us. Amen? He's going to get the same reward for that. He might get even more. I think what he's done is probably a lot harder. Amen. Is this helping anybody? Because y'all look so sad. Why do you look so uh, Oh, you're at your own funeral. Your I see you're at your own funeral. I no longer live. <laughs> I, what, what, what if you want me to move, God? What if you want me to get a different job? What if you... <laughs> What if you want me to have more children? What if you want me to get active in church? Oh, God, oh, God. What, what, if, what if I have to say I missed it and you're going to 
that creepy person, but God, they made me feel better about myself. I'm asking you to have your own funeral today during worship and get serious about laying everything down. Not cute. Don't get cute about it. Get real. If you can't see things you don't want to lay down, you're not really doing this. I got a closet full of clothes. I get good deals, but I love, I look, I look at my cool patriotic fingernails. Do, 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 do. Anyhow. And, and, but could I stop by yes? See, he's not trying to take anything from you unless you don't want to give it to him. You know how you know how you got the, everybody's had at least one experience probably with a child who had something like in their mouth they weren't supposed to have in their mouth. Give it here. No, no, give it here. What is in your mouth? Give it here, right? And if they won't give it here soon, you're gonna pick them up and shake them, but you're gonna try not to, and you're gonna hit them on the back. What? Give it to me. And then something pops out, whatever it is. What's the first way you try to get it out of their mouth? Oh, sweetie, come here. Come here. Come here. Oh, okay. It's okay. No, don't run. Don't run. <laughs> What's in your mouth? Let mommy see. Ooh. <laughs> no, let me see what it is. Or if they get teenager, uh, What's that? What's that in your purse? I think I smell something in your purse. No, there's nothing in here. There's no, no, that's my private property. You know what I'm saying? Well, if there's nothing in there, then let me see. You don't trust me. (laughs) You just don't trust me. Well, you're probably right. I don't. Let me see what's in your purse. If there's nothing in there, I'll be there. Let me see your cell phone. No. No, uh, wait a minute, wait a minute, I'll go get it. No, no, don't go in there and erase everything off of it. Let me let me see it now. Can I tell you something? If you have teenagers or children and they have a cell phone, you should have rights 100% to get it anytime, any second, without giving them five-second notice and check everything that's on there. And if you don't do that, something's wrong with you. Amen? I mean Amen. You need to do it to protect them, not to catch them. You don't do it to shame them and make them feel like nothing. You do it to protect them. And then you help them through whatever situation you might find on that cell phone that could hurt them. You don't punish to a place that they become rebellious against discipline. Or you are sending them into a lifestyle of rebellion the minute they leave your care. Amen? You're doing it because you love them. Okay, get this. With a perfect Godfather, and Godfather, with a perfect Father, our Heavenly Father, amen, He only does it to protect us and take care of us. He doesn't do it to catch us, say, aha, and punish us. And if you had a parent who wanted to catch you, say, aha, and tell you how bad you are all the time and criticize you all the time, you have a really difficult time trusting, giving things to God. So right now, I'm going to ask God to heal that. Close your eyes, unless you don't want to. Holy Spirit, 
for every person in here who had a parent or any authority figure in their life who wanted to catch them to prove that they were wrong, that they were bad, to criticize them, even if that wasn't their actual intention, but it was the spirit behind it. And it wounded anyone in here, God. We ask now in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ because of the power of the blood. Whoa. Because of the glorious Holy Spirit who's in here now, an angelic host in here right now, that those things would be put on the altar right now and there would come healing. So I ask everybody right now, I have that situation. I want you to forgive the person who did that to you. They did not know what they were doing. Most of them thought they were trying to help you. Most of them thought this was the way they were parented. It was either a generational curse or they didn't know how else to handle you because they had bought a lie that you were bad and you were evil and you bought into that lie. Oh. So right now say, Lord Jesus, I forgive every authority figure in my life that shamed me, judged me, as evil that wounded my spirit, my soul. They did not know what they were doing. And even if they thought they did, they didn't understand the spiritual realm. So, Father, I forgive them. And I put that in your hands. And the devil behind it, in the name of Jesus, I ask that it gets the punishment of Satan on judgment day and that if any bit of that spirit is in my heart ho, from judging my parent or a teacher or a pastor or an employer I ask now in the name of Jesus that you set me free from that critical spirit of control and oppression I ask that it be taken out of me now whoa in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. Whoa. Really let it go. If you won't forgive, it won't leave. Just so you know. If you won't forgive, if you won't put this in God's hands. And let me tell you, if you haven't forgiven, you've got that thing. Ho! You've got that thing. You either have it or the opposite. The opposite is you don't discipline at all. And the Bible says if you don't discipline your kids, you hate them. So either way, you either hate your kids by letting them do whatever they want. Or... You're doing exactly what your parent did to you. Ho! Because you've judged, you can't get free from it. Yes, Lord. <laughs> Give it to him, you guys. Give it to him. It's not hard. All you say is, I get it. I see it. I don't want it. I want Holy Spirit. I want love. I want the love that never fails. And every relationship. I want to re release the love that doesn't fail. I break the power of, aha, I got you. And I receive the Holy Spirit revelation to protect and love everyone you put me in any responsibility for. We break off jealousy right now. We break off jealousy right now in the name of Jesus. There is only one who owns any human being, and that is our Heavenly Father. He's a jealous God. 
He's the only one who can be jealous. Jealous does not equate love. Ho! It equates control and fear. Jealous is a control and fear spirit. It's a spirit of fear that causes control. Right now, Lord, break that off of anyone who ever thought that was love. Break off everything of false of loyalty to someone who operated in a spirit of jealous control. Ho! Break it off now, we ask in the name of Jesus. Cleanse us and set us free now, God. Set the people free watching. Set the people free here. Set the people free who are going to hear this later on videos. Holy Spirit, we thank you. Your presence is in here to sanctify us and set us free right now in Jesus' name. Lord, while we're in this anointing, we ask that you set people free from any learning disability that they've ever had, any thinking disability, any words, curse words, generational curses, or words out of their own mouth concerning their future when it comes to Alzheimer's or dementia or mental illness. How? We ask now, Lord, that you break those curses off of the people in this place in Jesus' name. And that we will begin to say what you say right now to come and take any spirit that's been released. There's a bunch I can fill them in this house and take them to the dry place of the pit of hell. And Lord, when they come with seven friends to try to get back in, they will find these people have been healed and cleansed and fully filled with the Holy Spirit. We ask it in Jesus' name. Whoa! And Lord, we ask that every demon that continued to bug us after we knew you would get the punishment of Satan on Judgment Day just because you said we can ask believing without doubting and it'll be done by our Father in Heaven. And that's just what I want to happen to any demons that bug me. Wow. Now, fathers, we get ready to go into worship. We are going, some of us, those who are letting Holy Spirit convict them this morning, who mean it. We're going to our, if you want to say, our funerals of our self-life. So we could be as Paul and say, I no longer live, but now the life I live is in Christ. Let it be for your glory and only your glory. Now here's the difference on this funeral. This is a happy funeral. Amen. Amen. This, this, this is the funeral that Jesus Christ paid for. This is what he paid. He paid so that you could lay everything down that doesn't belong in your life for your own glory. Just lay it down. God, I'll do whatever you want. I'm excited to lay this down. I'm so excited to see what you have for the rest of my life. I'm so excited to see how you are going to take care of things. I'm so excited to see how you're going to rescue our children and grandchildren and bring them into your perfect will. I'm so excited to see how you're going to fix marriages. I'm so excited to see the job opportunities you're going to bring. I'm so excited to see what you have for my future, God. I'm so excited to see what you have for my next minute, God. So I'm going to dim the lights, and I really, I really want you um, to get out of your seats if you feel led to do this, and and really um, 
I, I, I sincerely believe, and I see this in the spirit, that there are angels in this place that are going to be assigned to people today who mean this sincerely. If you don't mean it, then, then you're not ready. That's fine. Don't play with the things of God. Amen. Don't just come up to altar calls because it would be a good thing to do. Amen. It's got to be in your heart. It's got to be the Holy Spirit saying, I want, I want this for you. I want this for you. Of course, he wants it for us, but you're, you're hearing that. You're in agreement with that. Amen. Because we got to quit playing with spiritual things. And altar calls are serious. Amen. Altar calls should, when you go to an altar call, something should change. Amen. Every time. And so if you come up to altar call after altar call, nothing changes, then you've become a Pharisee. You're just doing it because it's the thing to do and not because holy, you're trusting God to really move and do something. I'm just putting these down if somebody wants to come as, as an altar and just talk to God and give everything to the Lord. I, I really feel like even if three people seriously, seriously yield their whole lives to God this morning, um, this isn't about being saved. This is about this is about living your life led by His Spirit. Amen. Whatever that looks like. Okay. I want you to get rid of your preconceived idea of what that's going to look like because you don't know. Believe me, I had no idea. Amen. And some of you are already walking in some of that. I walked in it before I totally gave my life to Him, but I was His. I had decided even before Lauren went to be with the Lord. I'm going to obey him. If I read his word, I'm going to believe it. If I read it, I believe it. And I'm going to obey him as much as I possibly can. I'm never, ever going to say no to God. And then there's this bigger place where you just realize I'm still living more for me than for him. My life doesn't look like it should look if I was living for him. And that's the part today. That's what we're really praying for today. Like, I want exactly what you have. You already know how you're going to pay the bills. He already knows how he's going to pay the bills. He already knows where you're going to live, where you're going to go, what you're going to do. Amen. The Bible says he already has it written down. I only want what's written in his book. Amen. Whatever that is. I don't want anywhere. If it doesn't include this place being full, then fine.
wounded place. I call you out of that dungeon the enemy put you in. And he's taking off the blindfolders. He's pulling out the earplugs. And he's opening your mouth to speak and glorify him. And he's pulling you out now. He's pulling you out where you heard that arguing with your parents, where you heard horrific cussing, where you heard criticisms coming at you where you heard horrific things on the television and movies and things you were exposed to where you've been abused by people and I just hear the Lord he's pulling you out of that place he's pulling you out of that hiding place of hear no evil see no evil speak no evil we break the power of that spirit that's oppressed you and has held you down in silence and in blindness and in deafness to the things of the spirit we cancel that assignment now now in the name of Jesus and I see you jumping up even as a jack-in-the-box and you're looking around going, oh my gosh Lord I can see in the spirit I can hear in the spirit I can speak by the spirit I am yours I am a child of the living God father we just speak release right now over all the people who are down in those boxes of oppression down in that false hiding place that stole Lord God their voice and stole Lord God their sight and stole Lord God their hearing and father right now we cancel every curse that those spirits put on them to bring them into blindness later in life to bring them into deafness later in life father to take their voice to take their vocal cords to take their ability to speak we break the power of all that right now in the name of Jesus and we speak wholeness be made whole in the name of Jesus be made whole in the name of Jesus every demonic spirit of infirmity attached to that loose these people now in the name of Jesus Christ loose them now in the name of Jesus Christ that we Lord God can live in father everyone who took on the opposite everyone who became aggressive who became loud who became obnoxious everyone who decided to look at everything and hear everything and spy on everything and and control everything father right now we ask you to set them free from responding in that way Lord God that they can be who you've made them to be and Lord you now you now are the one that responds through them you now Lord are the one who shows them what to hear what to do you're the one who shows them what to see and we break off this demonic spirit of control that got in your place that took your place through the things they judged and saw Lord we ask now that they be broken off in the name of Jesus Father and I just see all of you just standing just standing in, in bright white garments before the Lord just stand there and you're gleaming and you're glowing and it, and all the things of the past what the enemy did whether he put you in that box or whether he caused you to come out fighting whatever it was I see that's all fallen off of you the bondage is falling off now and I see you just standing there with your arms up before the Lord saying I'm yours I'm yours I'm yours Lord I'm yours, Lord. If you're seeing this, I just want you to stand and just put your hands up and say, Lord, I'm yours. I am yours. I belong to Jesus. I belong to Jesus. I belong to Jesus Christ. I'm a child of God. I'm a child of God. I am a new creation in Christ Jesus. And these old things right now, in the name of Jesus, they've passed away. They're gone. They're gone. They're over. Whatever was told to me, whatever was put on me through the spirit of fear, I break it off now. I break these chains off now in the name of Jesus by the power of the Holy Spirit. And I'm free. I've been set free. 
forgive me for all my own judgments. Forgive me for saying what I would be and what I wouldn't be, God. Is that up to me what I'm going to be? Is that up to me my personality? Is that up to me how you're going to use me? I break off those judgments right now. I break off those inner vows right now in the name of Jesus that, Lord, I can yield myself to you and and gladly obey, gladly trust you, gladly walk out all that you have for my life. And Lord, you're the only one I'm trying to please, God. You're the only one that I have reverent fear for, God. I want to do your will. I want to bring you glory. I want everyone who agrees with that to say, I want to do your will, Father. I want to bring you glory. Take the rest of my life and get your glory. The glory you deserve. The glory you deserve. God, use me for your glory. I give myself to you. Freely. Wow. We're going to worship now. And I want you to worship. I think you're going to worship beyond any place you've ever worshipped before. Some of you, I think you're going to see him. Some of you, I just think in your spirit eyes, you're going to see him. You're going to sing to him. You're not just going to sing into the air. I want you to sing to him this morning. I want you to worship him this morning. I want you to thank him this morning for who he is and what he's done for us. Wow. When I turned 50 a while back, and it really kind of, I thought, Lord, we haven't done I haven't done near what you've shown me. And the Lord said, if I give you 35 more years, I think it's 35, 34, whatever, what could you do if I'm completely in charge of your life with 35 more years? I want you to see whatever age you are and just add five to it. What could God do with your life if you were completely yielded and he was in charge with five years? Look what he did with three and a half years for Jesus. Amen. I think we put things too far in the future and then time goes by and nothing happens. Or we think, well, when I get older, I want us to to really think about the next five years. Completely giving ourselves to the Lord. Not saying, well, in 10 years I will, or when I retire I will, or, or when I finish college I will. No. What can God do in your life with the next five years? And the answer should be anything he wants. Oh, <laughs> anything he wants. Nothing is impossible for him. Whew. I'm going I'm to tell you something that I really feel strong is a hindrance for a lot of you. A lot of you have kind of made a deal in your thinking that when God does this in my family or if God does this with my finances or when God does this, then I'll do this. You're doing it all backwards. You're doing it completely backwards. Faith is the substance of things hoped for, not yet seen. Faith 
is an actual substance like oxygen is in the spirit realm. And when I step out in faith, everything I do in faith is impossible. Amen? If I can do it on my own, I probably am doing it on my own. Most of church right now, all over our nation, is being done on their own. Amen? Most of your life is done, whether you like it or not, as a Pharisee. You know what you're supposed to do, and this is what's good, and this is what the Bible says, so you're doing it. He's, 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 he's coming forth to bring an apostolic outpouring and a bride. He's coming forth to say, this, this really doesn't glorify me, you guys. It, it might look better than somebody who's not living for me. Actually, sometimes people not living for him look better than people in the church. He's not asking you to do this. He's asking you to get you out of the way so he can do this through you. So when that thing pops in your head to prophesy or to say or to pray over your kids or to speak up at work or whatever, you just go for it. And you don't let the thing come and say, well, what are they going to say? That's none of your business. Amen? Lord, what do you want to do? How do you want to do it? And as you mature in this, you'll get more wisdom about how to do it without making everybody so mad so fast. Amen? But I'd rather make people mad than to keep saying no to God. Amen? And eventually, you'll get a little more maturity and you'll say what you need to say and they won't even get mad till you leave. And then they'll get what you said. <laughs> Amen? By the fruit, they'll know you. So you want the fruit of a, of a character of Christ, of loving people, of caring about people. Get rid of, this cannot be a self-absorbed thing, okay? Part of laying this down is going to, self-absorbed is, what is this, what can I do for you, God? How's this going to make me look, God? What are people going to say? This isn't about you. This is for his glory. This is for his, well, I, it, we, we are so, since the fall of mankind, we are so conditioned to try to figure everything out. Everything. Amen? And God's like, he's not asking us to figure it out. He's just asking us to trust him. He's already got it figured out. Do you know how much less worry that is? There's no worry. He knows already how he's paying the bills. He knows what things you have to get rid of. He knows what relationships he's going to bring in your life. He knows. Here's the problem. When you think you know and you decide and you call the shots, then you're always praying and always struggling and always wondering. I'll tell you something else. If you've basically said, God, if you do this, I'll do this. Who are you to tell him what he has to do before you obey him? And I know we always hear those testimonies. Lord, if you, you know, that's the, no, I'll obey you if you never do anything else for me but what you've already done. Amen? But I'm going to tell you something. The Lord tells me this all the time. Because I chose to step out and serve him and do what he wants, and I love it, he takes care of everything that has to do with me. I know that I know my children are not only saved, but they're going to serve the Lord. He even started giving me vision for my one son in California when I was there. Amen? He takes care. You See, the enemy will get you spending your whole life trying to get healed 
or trying to get that person saved or trying to get enough money. You see what I'm saying? You're, you're spending all your little itty bitty faith, Jesus, or your little faith, on your day to day life. Can I get an amen? And, and your, the lie in your thinking is well, when this happens, then I can do this. Well, that means those things are your idols, your family, your family's your idol, your job's your idol, how much money you have is your idol, because you're basically saying when these things are taken care of, then it doesn't work like that in the kingdom. It doesn't work like that in faith. In faith, you step out in faith. That's what it means. I don't know how we're going to do this. This is impossible to do. And then he does it. So, so let's put that let's put that down into some situations where let's say you're not called to a, you know to start a ministry or something. So what are you called to that it's impossible for you to do? Okay, let's start there. He's really pushing this message this morning. Amen. If you can do it without him, you are. Welcome to what the American church looks like. What can you not do without him? You cannot get your children saved without him. Especially if you've got some hurt, rebellious children. Right? Have you been praying for somebody to get saved for over a year or two and nothing's happened? Satan has you in a trap. He has you in this place of focusing there. Instead of recognizing, I can't do this. I can't do this. But God can. So Lord, since I can't do this, I give this completely to you to do. Now what do you want me to do? What, what, what else can I do? Because if I've been praying for the same thing for 20 years and it hasn't happened yet, something's wrong. And what might be wrong is that things become an idol. Until that happens, you're not... I have found personally that when I step out and do what God wants, he takes care of all my prayers. And it's still... They, people have free will choice. You have all that stuff. But I just watch him keep doing it and doing it and doing it and doing it. I'm not going to go into details now, but hopefully in about a month or two, I'll tell you there's two things that I prayed for. I let them go and I'm watching miraculous things start to happen in those things. And they're in my personal life and I don't want to have to do with people in my family. So, but I'm watching God do it. And it, it really took just walking in love and spiritual warfare and, and being free to be who I am without shoving it down people's throats with the religious spirit. Amen. But you do what he wants. You don't worry that they judge you. Do you know how many people probably judged me? I know the church were in it. When I went to Russia as my son was being rushed to a hospital and I wouldn't hear what happened for three weeks. And he was being rushed to the hospital serious. How could she do that? How could she get on a plane and go? <laughs> Here's what the Lord told me. He is safer from the enemy's attack with you in my will than he is with you in a hospital praying for him. You can't care what other people think about it, people. 
It can look totally opposite of what somebody wants to say you should look like as a Christian. I'm going to tell you whether you better start being bold with the people in your family about what's right and what's not right. And love. Don't let them stand before the Lord one day and say, well, I thought my dad thought this was okay. Because he never said anything. You make sure you spend time with God. You make sure that people you're not positive are saved are saved before they die by telling them the truth. It's a good news. Okay, get rid of the lies that it's not the good news because you've tried to share it before and somebody rejected you for it. Amen? It's good news. I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ. It doesn't matter if somebody's taking on deaf spirits and don't want to hear it. It's the good news. I mean, if, if you're like me, you get around some people and you say something that's just normal. I, for me, it's normal. I say, around you, and then everybody gets all funny. Have you ever been around people? All of a sudden, this walls come up. You don't worry about that. You just speak the truth and let the walls come down. You go and you tell people the truth. You're already doing it in love, but quit shutting up and thinking it's in love. It's okay. It's okay for your kids to know that not sleeping together before they're married is the way it's supposed to be as a Christian. Amen? I, you, if they don't live in your house and you're not paying the bills, they can do what they want. But it's still good for them to know that you haven't changed your mind. See, you can give unconditional love even when, even when people don't do what they know they should do. We live in a culture where they don't even know what they should be doing, people. Your kids do not even know what they should be doing. We all assume everybody knows the Bible like we do, or our kids remember the Bible lessons and all this stuff. We've got, we've got to sit back, and let me say this and you know this. Repent of your own sin and then let it go. Most of us have opened the doors of the stuff we don't like now. Can I get an amen? The younger generation thinks they came up with sex. No, it was way, way back, like with Adam and Eve. Cracks you up the things they think they've invented. Just because maybe more perverted. And then anybody doesn't talk to them. Like, yeah, I don't think they're watching that stuff. I, I knew this one person, and they thought for sure because their kids went to church with them and and um, they never talked to them about they never talked to them about what marriage is supposed to be about and about God's whole thing in it. And um, they thought they probably heard it in church and just knowing it. And and then this their their young daughter got pregnant. They honestly didn't think their young daughter even knew anything about that kind of thing. She wasn't that young. She's a teenager. And I'm thinking, do you really think they're not actually out in a real culture? Parents, you had better have the most open communications with your children of anybody. Now, if you love this teaching, and you better say you love this teaching, then we want you to check out our web at beautyforashes.org. There is so much teaching there, and there's a resource uh, library there. And also, check out my Facebook page at Cindy Foster Beauty for Ashes Ministry. We love you to partner with us and come along for the ride into the apostolic. God bless you.